Hey, welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. We're so glad to have you here today for another episode, and we'd love it if you'd leave us a rating and review when you finish listening, or you can pause right now and go ahead and do it. It takes like 30 seconds. We'd love to read them. It helps us get better, and it helps us know how to serve you best. So please leave those ratings and reviews. We would appreciate it. I'm your host, Ben Trueblood, and here today... Joining me is the one, the only producer, Nathan. What's up? We are excited about this episode, and I know that you're going to learn a lot today uh, because of our guest, and we are super, super excited to have Kristen Lascola here with us today. She is the middle school pastor at North Coast Church, married, two kids, hosts the Ministry Coach podcast that you can find on YouTube as well. So make sure you go check that out. Kristen has also been one of our contributors to the launch event. Uh, and that is coming up August 19th, 1 p.m. Central over on Student Ministry That Matters on YouTube. So uh, with all that out of the way, Kristen, leading middle schoolers, being the middle school pastor at your church, you deal with the topic that we have today every single year, where you welcome a new group of people into the student ministry for their first student ministry experience ever. So these fifth graders that have all they've known has been elementary school and kids church and whatever that looks like in their context. And then they see you and they meet you and it's time for student ministry. Uh, so that's kind of where we are going to be going today. And I would love to start off just with uh, your wisdom on what are the biggest challenges that those students face? Because there are going to be a lot of people that are listening to this episode. And in this moment, if they listen to it within the month or so as it releases, they're going to be walking through this same process that I know you've walked through many, many times. So what are the, some of the biggest challenges that those people experience as they transition in? Yeah, and I think it it is exactly what you said. It's a challenge, and student ministries and children's ministries are very different. And so I think what I learned years ago is um, one of the biggest challenges is to get students to adjust to a different tempo. So um, I am highly energetic, and so is my ministry. We... Um, we're wild. The name of my ministry is called chaos. And it feels like that <laughs> now it's controlled chaos, you know, like the book, but um, it's very, very high energy. And I've noticed children's ministry, um, they're children. They're not used to the tempo sometimes of student ministries and that new energy uh, can be intimidating. It can be, feel like they're coming in and getting drowned and swallowed up. And I've had um, even just simple games that we're so used to playing really scare um, a fifth grader coming in mm. as a sixth grader and yeah. just be a little too loud and overwhelming and high energy. And we've got the lights and we've got the sound and, you know, we're high production. And so everyone's cheering and going crazy. So what I learned is um, I need to meet them where they're at energy wise a little bit. And maybe not every ministry out there is as high energy as us. Maybe you're, you know, like a little more chill, but um, you know, those kids coming in 
figuring out what are they used to and not that you have to adjust your entire ministry to like just be another children's ministry but make it a more gradual transition because i always mm. wanted to like wow them in the beginning of like yeah this is student ministries like buckle up it's gonna be amazing <laughs> and they were terrified and it was like oh shoot so what i did is i switched a couple of events and i designed um, a transition event specifically for them coming in. And so this year um, we called it the Royal Rumble and it was like Kings versus Queens. It was a boys versus girls event. And I like it. it was so much fun, but it wasn't this overly intense competition. We tried to keep it super lighthearted. Every kid was on a team and the focus was teamwork and fun. And then in the fall, I do a different competition and that's when we turn it up a bit and it's like intense and like crazy and a lot more uh, student ministry feel to it. And so yeah. what I tried to do is just design a little bit of a um, event that kind of marries the two energies. Like, Hey, this is the fun and the energy and excitement of student ministries, but I understand you're young and new and coming in. And so how do we marry those two energies? So you feel like you're at home, you're excited to come in and it's not overly intimidating. So, um, so that was a challenge at first, you know, and I think on the other end, um, you know, I know we're going to talk about parents a little later, but uh, one big challenge is some parents just are really intimidated to send their kid up to a youth group, you know, yeah, for like sure. it's, I think you have to do a lot of groundwork and a lot of legwork throughout the year to start building that rapport with parents so that when it comes time for their kid to transition, they're excited, not scared because I mean some of our eighth grade boys look like men and you know the yeah. eighth grade girls they they're ready for high school so new kids coming in the parents are like I'm dropping you off midweek at night a bunch of kids not just one grade and like they always come in the first time like do I sign do I sign them in what do I do and so I think we have a lot of legwork to do with parents um being huge fans as well I know we'll get into that like I said but um yeah I if if parents aren't on board it doesn't matter how excited <laughs> a student might be to come into your ministry yeah. that's I mean, so right it is uh we can go ahead and and jump in a little bit uh, to that one right now, because the table set so perfectly for it. Um, judging by what you were saying about the two events that you did, though, I want to help fill in the calendar a little bit for people that might be listening. So my guess is at your church, you transition fifth graders into sixth graders towards the beginning of summer, right after they finish their fifth grade school right. year. Right. Right. So you have them and kind of have that summer to build relationships with them. My guess is they go to camp with you probably that summer. And so that ease in event, the, the Royal rumble, little uh, pro wrestling throwback there. I, I like it uh, kind of kicks them off. And then you have some time over the course of those summer months to build relationship before that fall comeback. So uh, just to kind of set the calendar up yeah. from what I think I picked up from you as you were talking there. Sure. Yeah. And I, I probably should have started with that because, 
you know, it, when you were talking about it, I was like, oh, it's interesting to think maybe some churches are following like, no, once you actually start school, that's when we're going to transition you up. Um, so we do it right when they're done. So May yeah. was the Royal Rumble. Every Tuesday in May, they came and that was almost like this little preview of like, hey, you may have not, because tr- our Sunday morning transition didn't happen till June, but I'm like, Hey, we're going to let you guys come a little early on Tuesdays and like get used to what we're doing. And so it was almost like this preview of like, we have this cool event midweek just for you. And it was all junior high. So the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth for a little while, we'll have all four grades. And mm-hmm. then June happens and they're official. They come now on the weekends and the high schoolers go up, but you're right. Yeah. We get the whole summer, to, I mean, they went to camp with us. Um, We're starting to launch our student leadership team and they're filling out applications and excited for that. Um, They've been coming on Tuesday nights, doing all of our events with us. And then, you know, by the time school rolls around, you know, they've already been in our ministry for three months and they're like really bought in, dialed in and they feel at home. Um, and they're super ready to dive into things, like I said, like leadership and, um, you know, their parents are more willing to sign them up for a camp with a group that they don't know very well, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, if you're at a church that does transition, like at the end of summer going into fall, I think there, I mean, and this could be a whole other discussion, but I think there's great reason to maybe consider rewinding that just a little bit to the beginning. So you capitalize on just that, those summer opportunities, like in youth ministry, it's like, that's when relationships skyrocket, you know? Yeah, it is. Uh, I've served in churches that have done both where we have done the transition at the beginning of the summer. And then at the end of the summer, when they go back and there is something special, I think personal view here, there is something special about having that summer couple of months to be able to have those relationships before they start into school. And one of those things I think is related to the parents. And so we can circle back to that topic now because uh, I've now done this twice with my own children and had their first day of sixth grade. Uh, and it's a, like, that's a big moment for a parent. Yeah. Uh, Now I have had the benefit of being around lots of teenagers in student ministry over the years. And so had been on the other side of that, but there is a difference in doing it on the parent side and it's just a big deal. And so when in the mind of a parent, when they're thinking, man, my, my little one is growing up and they're about to start junior high and they're about to go into sixth grade. And then you have kind of this double whammy of transition to first day of sixth grade in school and first day of sixth grade in student ministry that can kind of build up quite a bit. That's a lot of transition to take in. And so one of the reasons why I like the way that you guys do it, like the way that happens at the beginning of the summer is that you can kind of transition in a relatively peaceful moment, the church side of things, and perhaps even provide some stability as you approach the fall and walk alongside parents through that school transition, Mm -hmm. because that's a, man, it's a big moment for a lot of parents as their, as their little one begins to have a locker now and (laughs) all of the, all of the things that go along with it. Right. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. uh, What are some of the things that you do along the way to help parents make those transitions 
as effectively as possible. Yeah. And hearing you share your parents' heart, I was talking to a mom this morning of a sixth grade boy who was just diving in head first. And she's like, it's so hard for me. Like, oh my gosh, like he's so independent. He's like his own person. He has this whole thing going on that I'm not a part of. They're a homeschooled family. And now like launching him into student ministries has been like hard on her parents' heart. Um, But, you know, I think a couple of things, if we're thinking about transition at transition time with parents, you're way too late. And Mm, so um, my, my thought is I communicate with parents, um, the parents that I, well, I communicate with my current parents once a week, but the parents of the students who I know I'm going to be getting in nine months, I spread out my communication with them throughout the year. They don't need Mm. to hear from me every single week because that's a little much. I'm not their child's pastor yet, but um, probably September, I'll send them my camp dates and I'll introduce myself and I'll say, hey, you know, 2022 summer camp is, are these dates so excited for your student to transition with us next year? I might send them something else in December and say, Hey, I'm looking for drivers and um, medics for camp. If that feels like you, I'd love to have a conversation with you. Then I might talk to them again in January, February, and just say, Hey, you know, summer's not as far away as you think. And I, I'm going to spread out my communication with them throughout the year. Um, they're not going to be hearing from me a week before their kid comes into my ministry. Right. And I think the other thing, um, and this will only come with time and longevity in youth ministry, but your reputation will precede you. So if other parents are a raving fan of your ministry, you're, current fifth grade or freshman parents are going to have so much more peace of mind sending their kid into the next ministry because they've seen all their friends send their kids, or maybe Mm -hmm. they've had a kid in your ministry before, but I know, and you know, parents talk and we evaluate programs and teachers and pastors and what's going on all the time in the parking lot and in little circles. And when we're waiting to pick up at a game, we're talking. And so if you want parents to be excited about your ministry, give them only great things to talk about. So that is like, whether you realize it or not, you're working on transition all the time, because if you're poor with communication and parents never hear back from you, they're going to tell other parents. If you were late coming home from summer camp and didn't stick to your word and nobody knew where you guys were, they're going to tell other parents. And in the same way, on the flip side, if you take care of kids, you're organized, you're on top of communication, you do what you say you're going to do, parents are going to be lining up. I, like Ben, can't even tell you how many parents beg to go with me on my summer camp trip because they've heard Mm. from other parents how incredible it is. And they're all wanting to get in and, you know, or, hey, can I help with this? Or, hey, can I support you here? Because they're parents I've never even met, but like I said, parents talk. So um, they're checking out your ministry, whether you realize it or not. Um, And then parents want to see something too. So, um, you know, make sure you're, I'm big on like, 
um, giving parents little commercials of things like, Hey, you want to see exactly what our camp looks like. Here's like a 60 second video. This is what your kid can expect. Hey, we have the Royal rumble coming up. Here's what it looked like last year. Here's what your kid can expect. Hey, yeah. here's my summer calendar. Now, you know exactly what's going on. Parents need information. They need communication and you need to, um, you know, it's like, Sometimes as youth pastors, we're so focused on students, and I, I know that's what we're paid to do, but um, students come because their parents drive them, unless they're in high school, you know? That's like, right. The last two, except for the last two <laughs> years, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. So we have to remember our, like our senior pastor kind of describes it as this stool that we're balancing constantly and has three legs. One, students have to love you, but youth pastors are good at that you know, or you wouldn't be doing what you're doing, but you also have to balance parental relationships and other staff. And obviously that's a conversation for another time, but, you know, we have to remember we gain access to students through like how well we do with their parents. Their parents are the ones who yeah. tithe. Kids don't, you know, they're coming to this church and yeah. investing here and, and we need to roll that red carpet out for them. So I'm so glad that you brought this piece of ministry up. That's the organization and communication side of it, because the generalized label is that there are a lot of student ministries that do the fun and crazy really well and struggle. Now, if you're listening and this isn't you, awesome. You might struggle with the fun and crazy and you do really well on the administrative and the organization, the communication side. But the reality is that the generalization of student ministry is that we are good with fun and crazy and we struggle with the communication and the organization. And I love that you're holding both of those up with kind of equal power that we want our ministry. I mean, that's where you started off. We want our ministry to be fun. It's called chaos. Like that's, that's where you live, but also you have a nine month communication plan for parents that are going to be bringing students up into your ministry. So I want to call that out specifically for those of you that are listening to this podcast, because you can have both of these things. And if you're not as strong on the administrative side and the communication and the planning side, then this isn't a moment to say, well, that's just not my strength. It's a moment to say, I need that. And so I need to find someone to help me or carve out time to invest in that area of my life. So in order to do that, let's carve out just a minute here to help. I would love for you to describe, you mentioned that you communicate weekly with parents. Uh, one of the other things that, that are currently in your ministry, uh, you mentioned giving them a short 60 second video just to help say, hey, here's what you can expect from this. And I really like that language too, of filling in the expectations that parents are going to have because they're going to have them. They're either going to have the ones that they make up on their own or the ones that we, that we give them. And so right. I would love to hear you talk about uh, kind of the key things that you make sure and communicate throughout the year to just your parents in general, since we're kind of camped out in this spot right now? Yeah. Um, so I, I send a parent email every Monday. So right before you and I recorded, I sent my parent email. I had a little gap of time. And um, what I give them in that is um, 
our talk sheet. So I tell them, Hey, this is what we're learning about this week. This is what I've taught your kid. Cause you know, kids get in the mm. car. What did you learn? Nothing. I'm like, Oh no, <laughs> they're going to know what you learned. I- I'm not letting you tell them nothing. So yeah. uh, we spent all week preparing this and you don't, you dare tell them nothing. <laughs> so I give them, here's the talk sheet, the same exact talk sheet that I send to my small group leaders. So mm. um, I have some parents that actually go through that with their kid before they send them to chaos on Tuesday so that their kid is prepared for their Bible study. And it's great. Not all do, but at least the parent knows like, oh, wow, you guys are talking about, you know, this thing this week, and I can have a follow-up conversation with you when you get home. The other thing I put in there is any upcoming events. Um, You know, so I kind of spread out, I look at my calendar and I start, um, probably three weeks working back. So like we have a a beach event coming up. So I've been telling them, Hey, we're meeting at the beach this time, this place, this is what you need to bring. Um, and then if you have any, and it opens that door for communication because they already have an email from me, they can just reply right back and let me know. So it's mostly informational. It's mostly, here's what you need to know. Um, about what's going on, because we can't really trust students to relay the details of anything that we do. And then sometimes youth pastors are like, nobody's coming to my events. And it's like, well, even if you hand them a flyer, like the parents are like, oh, it's like gets lost in the mountain of paperwork from school and church and all of that. And I try to throw all that away as quick as I can, because it just leads to a mess. And, you know, we... (laughs) it will improve your attendance to get students highly, highly, highly informed. And I think that's maybe the discipline, like you were saying, Ben, like, well, maybe you're thinking, well, I'm not really good. And I can't, I mean, that's like the oldest excuse in the book, right? Like, well, I'm just not good at that and blah, blah, blah. I don't have an admin. I am my own admin. Like there is no administrative assistant helping me. It's like you just, it's not brain surgery. So anyone can learn how to be organized, even if it's not your (laughs) natural bent, because the fruit and the payoff of organization, it's not just doing someone a favor, like, well, everyone wants to know what it does is it comes full circle. And all the things we talked about before of your reputation preceding you, students getting involved, people actually showing up to stuff, people being prepared. If you do all that work on the front end of keeping parents in the loop, um, it's so helpful. And we even have like, um, you know, you can use your own church's website or you can buy your own little youth ministry website, like through Squarespace or something. And I like to put our calendar on there and include the link for parents, um, in the email of like, Hey, or attach forms. That's another great thing for parents. If you have an all nighter coming up or a student leadership thing and just attach whatever document you've been using and just attach it to the email so that parents have exactly what they need. Um, you know, parents are usually drowning in information and trying to, they're trying to stay organized, but it's so hard with what they have going on. Our goal is to make it as easy for them to be involved as possible. So, um, I would say if you aren't already doing weekly parent communication, um, you know, that would be a great, like one takeaway from, like action item, like you yeah. could start it like today, you know, get it, get those parents informed, um, of what you're doing. Yeah, it is. Uh, and if you're, if you're listening you're like, man, I don't do that right now. And I really want to start. And I don't know what my parents 
want to hear from me. Uh, they want to hear from, from you about their kids. They want to know what, what you're teaching. Like Kristen said, they want to know uh, what's going on in the ministry. And if you want to know more about what they want to know, then grab a couple of parents and circle them up and ask, Hey, this is something I'm thinking about doing. What would you want to have in that email? And they will be glad to tell you, you, you don't, you're so right when you said that they already talk anyway. I mean, it takes two seconds on any neighborhood Facebook page to know that uh, <laughs> yeah. parents talk to each other about teachers and school and uh, churches and all of the above. So right. um, I would love for us to talk uh, to about when we think about transitioning students into the student ministry, you've got this group of fifth graders, they're coming up. Uh, and this, one of the assumptions that we're making here. Um, is that this conversation is based around teenagers who are or students who are at your church and going into the student ministry. Uh, I do, as we, in just a second, as we wrap things up, I do want to take just a second and talk about what about the student that, you know, they're a 10th grader, they just moved into town and they're new to your church, kind of what some things there. But before we get to that, uh, I want to know, Student ministry wise, you mentioned the Royal Rumble event, and that's something that you structure a little bit differently. Is there anything else that you do in the ministry itself to prepare for this new group of people that are coming in? Yeah, I do. And um, maybe it's just, again, my like, I'm type A. I don't know if you've noticed. I'm, I try to be super organized. <laughs> and so I do have like a transition strategy of like, what am I doing nine months out, six months out, three months out, whatever. But instead of boring you with the calendar, just some of the specifics that go into that strategy um, are, you know, we talked about the parent communication, starting that early, that's part of it. Um, and then there's another one that um, I've been doing for years where I, so the high school pastor will come down and teach in junior high. I'll go down and teach in fourth and fifth and then fourth mm. and fifth teacher will go down. And so I join them on their turf before I'm asking them to come right. to my turf. So I go in there, I play game with them. I, um, lead a discussion. I'll probably show them one of my commercials for summer camp or Royal or whatever we're doing. I'll pass out some mm -hmm. flyers, but then I'll also spend some time, you know, getting to know them and having them get to know me. And, you know, it's funny now, like when I go down the hallways, I have these like little, like fourth or fifth graders going, hi. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh yeah, it's cause I was in there teaching, you know, a few uh, months ago, they still remember me. And that's already kind of paving the way for next year, because even if they're not coming into my ministry, they got so excited and they're like, I wish I was in fifth grade. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, you will be next year. Can't wait to have you, you know? So I think it's really cool to find opportunities to join them on their turf, whether you can offer to speak at their summer camp or connect with the pastor of the grade below you. If you're the high school pastor, connect with the junior high pastor, say, do you guys have any events coming up in January, February? What can I randomly kind of show up to? Not that you need to go to everything, but like our high school pastor, he comes to camp with me and he is one of my drivers and my eighth graders are stoked because they get to know him. He comes to our all nighter and he hangs out there. And so where can you make little cameo appearances 
in, um, you know, that ministry that's coming up. Um, another one is I like to, this is so old fashioned, but I send them a postcard with our logo on it and it's handwritten, takes forever, takes weeks and weeks, but I do a few each day and I will write, Hey Ben, I'm so excited um, that you're coming up to junior high. Can't wait to meet you. We're looking forward to, you know, having you join our ministry, love Kristen, you know, Mm. and that kid will get that in the mail. Like kids don't get mail. And so they have this really bright, cute um, postcard that someone wrote their name and someone knows they're coming into ministry. And it's just like this, I see you, you're an individual, like, and I know you're coming into my class and I'm so excited because we usually address people as a group, right? Like you go into their room, you address them as the fifth graders or the freshmen, but to individualize them through a postcard or something like that is, um, makes kids feel really, really special. Um, and then one more is, um, kind of, again, back to the parent thing, but making sure you're having a parent orientation meeting um, that's designed for new parents coming up into your ministry, just what time it well with when they're transitioning, but the student can join them for that. So, you know, yeah. I'll have the parent and their kid and I'll kind of like introduce myself and the staff and here's what we do and here's what you can look forward to. And here's our ministry and here's our heart behind it. And, um, it's great to get a little FaceTime with those families, um, and, and an event that's designed just for them. So, um, yeah, pop in, get some FaceTime, make a cameo and keep that communication coming. I love it. Uh, what about now the students who move into the area or decide, you know, friend invites them, they show up at church for whatever reason they're showing up. What do you do throughout the year to kind of have your ministry ready to be welcoming as that kind of student transitions in? Yeah. And um, I think being ready to always get their information. That's like number one step for me is like, if I don't know who you are, like when I was a ministry of 10 kids, it was really easy to know who was new and keep track of them. But as you grow, I'm like, we have new kids every single week that I've never met. And so there has to be a way to organize people so that they don't get lost in the shuffle. So if you're, even if you are small, like right when a kid um, comes for the first time, get their information, their name, their phone number, address, email, parent information. And so I have like these information cards that are always ready on a Sunday or a Tuesday. If you're new, fill this out. And then we get them plugged into our database system and that's how I can keep track of them. And then beyond just tracking them as a person, um, you really want to get them in a small group um, Mm. if you can. So, you know, that's a little trickier if it's just a new kid on a Sunday. I mean, we don't do small groups on Sunday, but my goal is to move those Sunday kids to Tuesday. Like, Hey, what are you doing Tuesday night? You would love chaos. You should come, you know, like I'll be there, like come and find me and, you know, I'll show you around and stuff like that. And if you can connect with that new parent, if they, if you're so lucky to, yeah, a lot of times we just don't get to see the parents, but if you do, 
you know, Hey, did you know, we also have a youth group on Tuesday? Like we would love, here's my number. Why don't you text me when you're here? I'll come to the front gate and I'll meet you. I'll walk in with you guys. Like you're like, you're going to concierge them into your church and be like their bud to get them in the door. Um, and then one thing I love to do, um, and if you have the right students available, this is awesome. So on Sunday I had a new kid and I have this real friendly sixth grade boy. I said, Hey, Nathan, can you do me a huge, huge favor? And he's like, what? I said, okay, so there's a new kid over there. He's all by himself. I could go over there and I could go talk to him, but he expects me to be really friendly because I'm an adult. He knows that's my job. But if you go over there and you go talk to him and you ask him his name and introduce him introduce yourself. I think that would mean a lot more. He's like, Oh, okay. And so he goes over there and he has a conversation with this kid and talks to him and stuff. And then later on, like comes back to me, like, I did it. I'm like, I'm so proud of you. I'm like, how did it go? He's like, great. You know, this is his name and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and so I, I mean, that is a strategy obviously, but you know, it's also teaching our students how to like, Hey, church is not just about you and your friends. Like let's be on the lookout for other, um, students. So you want to get them connected to you, obviously. And we're good at that as youth pastors, connected to a small group and connected to other students, because we know people stick, you the whole goal is when, what you're talking about, the kids coming in just randomly throughout the year, the goal is to close the back door, right? Like we want them to come in, but we don't want them to just like book it right out of there. And what's going to keep people every single time is relationship. You know, it doesn't matter. Like chaos is so fun, but if you come and you don't know anyone and nobody knows you and you flew under the radar, like you might not come back unless you're just a really confident introvert. I don't know, but (laughs) most people are not going to be stoked to come back unless they met a cool small group leader who was all about them. They met another student who was so excited to show them around and invite them in their group of friends. We have to be training our core students, how to reach out to people that are new. Um, One thing in the past I've done is taken my student leaders to a new church. And I said, you guys aren't allowed to sit with each other and you can't go in together. And I want you to feel what it's like to be a new kid and Mm. come back and let's talk about it. And they're like, I hated it. It was awful. It was so awkward. And I said, right. I said, you've forgotten that feeling because you come, everyone knows you, you're part of leadership. You know, your family's gone here for years. I said, but you have to look at people through that lens and you can't do that with every kid. So I do that with my student leadership team of like, you guys are doing ministry with me. Yeah, Like you're not just here to be a consumer anymore. I have to show you what it's like to draw people into the body of Christ. And so Um, use your students, really challenge them to be the front line of bringing those new people in. And you as the pastor can work on the logistics of getting them plugged into a small group, getting them plugged into your database or whatever it might be. Um, you know, and then there's fun little things. Like if it's their first night, I, I buy them something from the snack shack on me, like, Hey, pick something out, like whatever you want, I'll buy it. Um, you know, and then you send them that little postcard of the follow-up. Hey, thanks so much for coming on Tuesday. It was great to have you. Hope to see you again. So those same kinds of things, but relationship obviously is number, number one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 
We need to have you back on for another conversation about how you do leadership teams. You've referred to uh, having one several times and I would, it would be a completely different direction for today, but I, I would yeah. love to have you back on to talk about that specifically. It sounds like an area of passion for you. I could be yeah. wrong, but it no, sounds like I that's something it. that you really put a lot of energy into. Mm-hmm. And it pays a lot of fruit. So I would love to have that conversation. Um, yeah. You know, we, we're just getting ready to launch ours right now. I just talked about it on the weekend. So it's a good time to, if you're not into it yet, I mean, this is the time of year to be, to be launching that for the school year. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, Kristen, thank you so much for being a part of the episode today. Again, you can uh, connect with Kristen through her own podcast on ministry coach and social media. Uh, Kristen, do you want to give your social media handle for people to be able to follow your ministry and what you guys have going on there? Yeah. So if you ever want to follow our, um, some youth pastors like to follow our youth group account, it's chaos J H my personal account is Kristen Lascola. Um, yeah. And you can find us on YouTube at the Ministry Coach Podcast or any podcast platforms. We're on Apple, Spotify, all the normal ones. Um, we release episodes every Thursday. So awesome. Yeah. Well, I hope you guys go check out all that Kristen is doing and continue to learn from her in student ministry. Hang right there. We'll be right back for a couple more things after you hear this short message. Everybody, we pressed pause really quickly because I want to take a second to tell you about Youth Ministry Booster. One of the reasons we do this podcast is because we care about you. We want to resource you and help you run, operate an effective student ministry, but that's not the only thing. We also care about you as a person, and that's why we have Youth Ministry Booster. You can find out more about Youth Ministry Booster at youthministrybooster.com. But we are right now ready for season three registrations. Registration is open in this moment. And we would love for you to join because you'll be connected to a caring, collaborative youth ministry network with people that share your same calling, people that know your context, but people who are not directly in your context, providing you an opportunity to be authentic, to be vulnerable and to be a part of a caring youth ministry community. So head over to youthministrybooster.com and find out more. All right, Nathan, we have just heard uh, Kristen talk about transitioning students into the ministry. Um, What are some things that stood out to you? There was a lot in this one. Uh, There's so many, so many nuggets in there. There were. So why don't you, uh, let's start with you. What do you, what stood out to you? What do you got? Yeah. So a couple of things that stood out to me, I think right off the bat, her one of her first statements was um, just helping to helping student ministry leaders remember that it is, it can be very shocking moving from this may be painting in a very broad stroke, but you know, a lot of children's ministries are very structured, very organized, very, you know, this, that, the other, then you get into student ministry and it really is this shock of like, Oh my goodness, what all is going on? She's talking about, you know, bringing the hype, bringing the energy and realizing that that was probably too shocking for, you know, one Sunday there. Really, really <laughs> yeah. Almost scared them. Exactly. You know? And so I think we have to remember up front, like it is, 
that's not something we just need to let them deal with on their own and be like, oh, they'll figure it out after a couple of weeks. Well, yes, they will. But that's probably not the kindest way to go about doing that. Me and my student pastor actually yesterday at church were having this exact conversation. He said one of the new students, because yesterday was promotion Sunday for us, had come up to them and be like, hey, I don't have my sticker for today. And he's like, oh, yeah, you, you don't need those stickers. We don't we don't do stickers here in student ministry. So it's just little things that help them get comfortable, like, you know, kind of get that. So I like how she said that, you know, they help ease them in. They have an event created just for them. And I really do like exactly what you had said too, but how they start early. Um, she starts in May yeah. and then they do the official one in June. Like, I think that's really good because you had said it too, Ben, was that like, man, if everything happens, like if promotion Sunday is the same week that they go to, to school, like if they're in other organizations, like maybe they're in scouts, they're moving now from Cub Scouts to Boy Scouts, like all the transition moments happen within like a week. And that, I mean, I don't have <laughs> so kids, much. but I can just imagine in my head, like, wow, that's a lot, you know, kind of a deal. So I like that, you know, spreading it out, kind of easing them into it. I thought those were really good points. Yeah, man, I, I I agree with you on the shock of comfort, just to the system of comfort that somebody experiences. If you know, now this is again assuming that they have been in the church and in the children's ministry for several years, but mm-hmm. and they're there for a long time and they get used to everything. And that comfort, when you just strip it away all of a sudden, mm-hmm. it can be difficult. And, you know, a lot of times we talk about first impressions and just generally like you have one chance to make a first impression is the, you know, the saying that people have. But I think the same thing is true many times for our ministries, like those that first season of transition is really the first impression that you're making with parents, Mm -hmm. with the kids themselves, with the kids themselves and their willingness to stay, willingness to be involved, or the level at which they're involved is going to be determined a lot by those first impressions. So, uh, and I agree with you that that is, uh, that's key. Remembering Mm -hmm. that, structuring the ministry that way, communicating that way. The last thing I would mention uh, was the fun and the organization and how both of those two things are important. Both of those two things are needed and how she held those uh, I mentioned in the podcast during the episode, kind of with equal power mm-hmm. um, and to hear that, you know, it's, it's her that's doing it. Like she yep. is the administrative work and the quote pastoral work. And I think what we would really say is to, to operate an effective ministry, we have to view both of those things as pastoral work. For sure. Yeah. It's, I like how you said it. You just got to do it, but that really is the case is you've just got to take it on. I love that she had a plan. She's got a nine month plan on how to transition, you know, those students. I love it. You know, it's, they're knowing when the dates are for camp before their parents even probably have them. Their parents probably got that first email in September and they're like, Oh no, my baby in a year is getting ready to move up or whatever the case is. It's like, (laughs) but still, but she's got a plan. She's introducing herself. I like how she goes down and teaches and ever, you know, it's just a, it's a culture thing in the, in their, in their church. And I think that's, that's fantastic. So man, I love, I love a good plan. (laughs) Yep. I know you do. Well, this has been another episode of the student ministry podcast by Lifeway. We will see you next time.